0: Good morning, man. That we—that's got to be louder if we do that. That's wake people up. No, Lloyd says. Too bad. It was just right, guys. I am so excited. I'm glad that you guys are here. If you remember last year, we were talking about vitality. We were focused inward on uh, what it is that God is doing inside of us and what it means to have the rivers of living water flowing out of us to be. Oh, the kids need to head to children's church. I, I'm too excited. Let's get going. Man, it's Lloyd's fault for talking to me. I got to ble- you're yeah, right. So last year we were inward-focused, talking about what it is that God is doing in us and, and how that is supposed to transform us. We talked about faith. We talked about supplementing our faith. We talked about the spiritual disciplines. We talked about the ways that we can grow closer in intimacy with God. Well, this year, our theme, and I, I had the banners. Uh, I, I, I had finished designing them and got them all done back in November and didn't get them printed this week because that's the way I think. That's the way my brain works, So they'll be here next week, this week. But we are going to be talking about heroes this year and we are going to be taking our focus, moving it off of ourselves, uh, away from an inward focus into an outer focus, into what, what this vitality, this life that's in us, what is it about? What are we supposed to be doing with it? What is our life supposed to be looking at? And you will, you will understand and uh, uh, see how heroes plays into that in this next year. Now, I don't know if you've noticed, but in the past decade, like the 2010s, was the decade for like superhero movies. I mean, they have come out one right after another. Every time you turn on the television, every time you see a preview, there's almost always a superhero movie that is on the way uh, uh, to come out that is getting. If you go online, you look at Disney or any of the Marvel, any of the other ones, um, they actually have the next 10 years already planned out. They can tell you which movies are coming out which year and how they're all playing together. It's, it's nuts. Why do they do it? Why are there so many? superhero movies out there. They didn't used to be there. Why are they there now? I mean, they're, they're everywhere. They're there because people will pay money to go and see them. To see this one, to see the next one. Even though it's just a superhero movie. Let's run down. What a, here's how a superhero movie goes. Someone becomes a superhero. Something bad happens in the world. They fight it. And they win. I just spoiled the plot of every superhero movie you're going to see. And yet people, we, I, I, listen, and that's not a judgmental because I, I go and see them all. We go and we pay to see them. We just throw money. It's, it's here. Take my money. Whatever. I want to see them. I want to see these things over and over. And they, they, they're making them. And they make them because we'll pay for them. So the question that I wanted to ask as we started this year, this, this looking at heroes, I wanted to ask you, myself, I did ask myself, I asked myself, what, why is it that I'm willing to pay money to see these superhero movies? Even though I, I just told you what's going I know what. I already know what's going to happen in them. Why do I watch them? Why do we watch them? Why do our kids want to go see them? What is it that, what's in them that draws us? And so I'm going to look at that this morning. The first thing, we're going to run through basically four points. It may seem a little disjointed. That's okay. The first reason that people rush to see superhero movies, the first reason that they go and they are willing to spend money time after time after time, is because of this. We love to be amazed. We as human beings, we love to be amazed. Now, I'm not even talking about superhero, if you will, for just a moment. Uh, you know, I've seen videos. I can remember being a kid and watching a video of, uh, of a woman whose, whose son was trapped up underneath a car. Did you ever, did you ever see this when, when you were younger? And this woman is panicked, the car's on fire, and she just, and all of a sudden, she just, I mean, just go, I mean, she didn't turn green or anything, but she goes down there and she, picks that, lifts that car up off of her kid, and her kid gets out from underneath the car, and then she drops it. I mean, she ripped all the muscles in her body. I mean, she tore her body up, but she, but it, I remember watching that and going, whoa, that was, that was amazing. I mean, just the, the adrenaline went, and she wanted to save her kid, and something incredible happens. We love watching amazing things. We love seeing things that we've never seen before. Things that are out of the ordinary we want our eyeballs glued to. It's why. If, if, if when you're driving, if, um, if you start slowing down, you almost inevitably know, inevitably know there's an accident and everyone is slowing down. And they're not slowing down to be safe. They're slowing down why? Because they want to see the carnage. They want to see the wreckage. When you think about it, our news is basically stories of amazing things, either amazingly bad or amazingly good. We, we, don't, we don't turn on the television and just learn that everything was the same today as it has been every other day ever. We go and we see what amazing thing happened. And so you've got Spider-Man, but he ain't, he ain't just Spider-Man, right? He is the amazing Spider-Man, the spectacular Spider-Man, the stupendous, whatever, all, all those phrases. We love things that are amazing, and we love to be amazed. Now, why? Why were there suddenly superhero movies in this last decade where there weren't before? And the reason is, is because I grew up in a time where they tried to do superhero movies, and they were awful. They were awful because you could see the strings on the cars. I mean, okay, Lou Ferrigno as, as the Hulk, No. It doesn't, it doesn't work. I remember growing up watching The Hulk. I remember, you watch all these things. It was just obvious. There was nothing amazing about it. It was a guy in tights or it, 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 with makeup. It was just obvious. But now things are so real that when we go to the movie and we see these superhero movies, we can actually suspend the disbelief. We actually, for a moment, can believe that, yes, someone can actually jump over over a building. They can leap tall buildings in a single bound. We see these things, and it is amazing. We see people blasting x-ray vision through their eyes. It's just awesome. Super strength, super power, flying, and it all looks real. It's amazing, and we love to see these amazing things. And I want you to realize the desire to be amazed is programmed in us. Because you don't have to like superheroes. You don't have to like superheroes. Every one of us loves to be amazed. We love to be amazed. I'm always watching at home. I'm, I'm, I don't know why. I'm into the true crime TV stuff. Does anyone else get into those where you watch the uh, uh, ABC's 2020s, the ID discoveries, all of those things? And, and Jenny can't stand it. She just looks at me and says, what is wrong with you? There's, there's enough evil in the world. Why are you watching this? But here's what it, I watch because on these shows you see incredible evil. Things that people have done that you can't believe. But that's not why I watch. I watch because, you see, I love watching how they crack the case. I love watching how they figure it out. I love watching the bad guy brought to justice. I love the people who were victims who are overcoming. I love these amazing stories that are outside of my life. There's something amazing about those stories. Now, Jenny's convinced I'm just trying to figure out how to kill her and not get caught. I assure you, and, and so Jenny, I'll go ahead and tell him. If she dies under suspicious circumstances, you go ahead and just let the police know it was me, I guess, is what she would like me to say. We like amazing things. Now, it is God who programmed that in us. Look here. In John 6, chapter 2, or chapters, chapter 6, verse 2, it says, And large crowds were following him, because they... And a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. So here we have Jesus, he's going around, he's performing all of these miracles, he's, he's healing people. I mean, he, he walks by the pool and and, and there's a guy who's lame laying, laying on a mat he looks at the guy and he says, he says, stand up and walk. And the man stands up, takes his mat and walks and it says that people were amazed. People are hearing uh, the amazing things that Jesus is doing and they are coming from all over the place to come and see it for themselves. They want to see the healings. They didn't come to Jesus for the teachings. Now, I don't mean that rudely because once they heard the teachings, don't, don't mistake me. They were amazed at his teaching, but it wasn't that they heard that there was a cool teacher who was out teaching that made them go out and see him. It was that they heard there was a guy who was doing miracles. He was healing. It was crazy. People are saying, it's crazy. You got to go see what this guy's doing. And so they would go and see what he was doing. That's why people came out to see John the Baptist. John the Baptist. They're like, you got to see this guy. He's got crazy hair. He's eating locusts and honey, and he's wearing sackcloth, and he's hanging out by the river screaming at people. You got to come look at this. And so people come out to see John the Baptist, his teaching. So Jesus, right, he's, uh, he comes up to a well, and there's a woman. He's resting there. His disciples have gone into town to, to get supplies. He's resting there. A woman comes up, and he tells the woman, he says, hey, why don't you get me some water out of there? Give me some water out of the well. He doesn't, doesn't even ask nicely. He says, get me some water. She begins to talk with him. We're told in the story that there's a, uh, a nice theological argument that they have. They have a discussion on some theology and stuff, and Uh, She's holding her own with Jesus, and they're bouncing back and forth. And then Jesus, here's where things get crazy. Jesus looks at her and he says, "Um, I'd like you to go get your husband for me. And she says, I don't have a husband. And Jesus looks at her and he says, I know. In fact, you've had quite a few, and the man that you're living with right now is not your husband. Now she freaks out. He's just exposed her secrets. Secrets. There's no way he could have known that. Here's what what it says in John chapter 4, 28 to 30. It says this, so the woman left her water jar, she just left it, and went away into the town. And she said to the people there, come and see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? And they went out of the town and they were coming to him. So here's this woman, she's having a nice theological argument with Jesus. He's teaching her some things. None of that gets her, uh, gets her up and, and sends her into town. The moment he does something amazing, though, the moment he starts telling her the deep secrets, the things that she's hidden, the things that he, there's no way he would know, once he does something amazing, she just leaves her water jar and she goes heads into town and she goes and finds people. And she says to him, you've got to come see this. And we see that with Jesus a lot. You've got to come see this. A lot of the disciples, some of them Jesus went up and said, follow me. Some of them, other disciples went to them and said, hey, you've got to come see this guy you got to come check this out. This is crazy. you got to see what this guy's doing. We are designed to want to see amazing things. And the reason is is because we were designed by an amazing God. And that, that in us, that, that desire for what is amazing, is supposed to draw us to Him. What it's doing is it's drawing us to superhero movies. But that's Neither here nor there. What's another reason I go to see superhero movies and other people? Well, it's this. Not only, um, not only do we love to be amazed, but we are drawn as people to the supernatural. We're drawn to the supernatural. Every horror movie, there's a thump in the basement. The hissing sound of something outside the door. The red eyes in the closet. What always happens? They never leave. They never run. They always go, And I wonder what that is. I should go check that out. Here's a crazy thing that's scaring me. I'm going to go find... And, and we are sitting in the theater going, idiot, stop it. What are you doing? But they always have to go and they have to find it out. Why? Because we are drawn to the supernatural. How many movies begin because uh, some, some kids are playing with a Ouija board or doing something else in some horror movie? You know, they, they always start with, because we have this curiosity in us for things that are bigger than us, more than us, and we are drawn to that. We want to believe that we are a part of something bigger than ourselves. And so you know you've got Superman, right? He's from Krypton. He looks human, but he ain't human. There's nothing human about him. The guy's the guy's crazy. He, he 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 can fly, do all this stuff. He's from a different planet. You got Wonder Woman. You probably think, oh, she, she she's a human. No, 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 she isn't. She's a uh, clay golem that was animated by the gods and uh, was given power by the Greek Pantheon. And her little whoop lasso of truth that she does—that's what she you know. And, and that's and that. That's their origin stories. I mean, they've all got these origin stories. Uh, You've got mutants, whatever it is. They, uh, they all are in some way something bigger and beyond us, something more than we are. They might have been us, but then they were bit by a radioactive spider, and now there's something cool. We are drawn to the supernatural. We have a curiosity for it. Interestingly enough, That also, church, is built in you by God. God designed the draw to the supernatural that is inside of you. And in the Bible, he's very particular. He says, I mean, he he doesn't say it in this words, but he basically says, look, you have this desire for the supernatural. Do not go to witchcraft. Do not go to divination. Do not go to mediums. You come to me. I mean, a lot of the Old Testament is laying out, when you feel that pull, I'm what you're supposed to come to. And so this draw to the supernatural is supposed to be drawing us to God and to his son, Jesus. And so we see that. We go to uh, Ephesians chapter 6, 12. Paul lays this out for us. He says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. He says, you know what? We're going out in the world and we're arguing with people who might want to kill us. And in fact, there are people who are willing and ready to execute Christians right now around the world. More Christians will die this year than in the first 400 years of Christianity combined. There are people who are ready to kill. But what Paul says is, we are not at battle with man. We are at battle against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Paul there is laying it out, and he's saying, look, you need to... You and I, we need to understand there is a situation and it is bigger than us. There is a reality beyond us. And there are forces that are at work in this world. And we know it. We, we are drawn to the supernatural because we know it. We know it. We feel it, right? Every one of us in here, we feel the evil and we feel the good at battle inside of us. Paul talks about that, right? We've got the path of righteousness. We've got the path of the flesh. We've got to choose which one to do. We've got the voice telling us, do it. No, don't do it. Do it. Don't do it. We know the battle. We know it's there. and we know it's outside because I have thoughts that don't come from me because I would never think them and you have them too. We know that there are forces that are at work in this world. And so we are looking and and, and we want to understand that bigger world. And Paul says, look, you got to understand that. You may go through this life thinking that you are free to make choices, do whatever it is that you want to do. You are not. So let's bring it back to uh, like it is in the superhero movies, right? I mean, there's never just a bad guy. There's never just a bad guy with a gun, right? It's Dr. Octopus, some guy that makes metal, six metal arms that hang off of his back. It's some guy that's turned into a rhinoceros. I mean, whatever it is, it's always something ridiculous. The point behind them is something external has affected humanity and is driving it towards evil. But, in the comics, they're also letting you know that there is also a force for good that is acting upon mankind and is driving the forces of good. And these two forces are at battle. That's the story. That's what draws us to it. It's the battle of good versus evil. It's not a person versus a person. It's not flesh and blood. It's the forces that are at work in this world that's what draws us. Paul says that's the way it is. Look, you have to choose which side you're on, whether you are on the side of good, whether it is the good that is working through you to change the world, or it is the evil that is at work within you. In John 6, Jesus lays out some pretty supernatural stuff here. He says to him, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never Cast down. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him that sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. So Jesus lays out the other side. Jesus says, I am supernatural. I am from heaven. I'm all that you need. He says, if you believe in me, you will live forever. I will raise you up in the last day. And he tells us, "I didn't come to do my own will." He didn't do. He said, "I came from heaven to do the will of the one who sent me," meaning that Jesus Himself, who is God, did not come to do His own will, but to do the will of the force that is working in this world for good. No, we are drawn to the supernatural, and we are going to align ourselves. This is your freedom. This is your. This is the only choice that we have in life. We choose who we ally ourselves with. The forces that are working through man for wickedness or we are working through the forces of good to change the world. Third thing. Third reason I go and other people go to see superhero movies is this, is that we want to see ourselves in the superheroes. We want to see ourselves in them. You might find that kind of weird. That doesn't make sense because I don't, you know, watch Superman to imagine myself flying. There was a time... When the comics first came out, the superheroes first came out, and uh, people bought them and stuff, but what is called the golden age of superheroes happens because one thing happens. And the comics explode in popularity, and people start buying them, and, I mean, they just go nuts to what they are today. And that is, see, b- before, before this period, uh, Superman fought for truth, justice, and the American way, right? I mean, he, he was all good all the time. He had no invulnerabilities. He had no weaknesses. Basically, a bad guy was doing something. He showed up and stopped him. That was every episode that was ever faced. I mean, you could pick it up and pretty well know, well, what's going to happen? The guy's invulnerable. He has no weaknesses. Nothing can stop him. I mean, there's nothing here. He's always good all the time. Comics exploded, though, when they began to add... Weaknesses, struggles, internal conflicts. Now Superman can be taken down with kryptonite. Now Superman, in facing the ultimate evil, he he actually wrestles in his mind. He has the power to destroy the person, or, or will he not? And we actually see that happening. Why did that, why did the addition of weakness and struggle suddenly make people want to watch it why did it make people want to read them and that's because in these supernatural amazing people we want to see ourselves we want to see that these incredible beings go through the same things we do they overcome as we can What it does is, it gives us hope. We see in them that it might be possible to be good. We see that it might be possible to stand against evil in the end. That we might be victorious. Now, interestingly enough... This desire to seek out something bigger than ourselves that we can see ourselves in is, again, planted in us by God. The very thing that drives us to read comics and watch these superhero movies was put there by God. But why? What is it that we were supposed to be seeking when we did it? Matthew 26, 36-39. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit over there while I go and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. He said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little further, he fell on his face and he prayed. And said, my father, if it is possible that this cup pass from me, nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. One of the most powerful passages in the Bible. One of the most powerful stories of Jesus. Why? Because in this story, in this moment, we see Jesus just like us, struggling. Struggling. Inside, he doesn't want to do what he's got to do. He's not looking forward to it. He wants anyway. He, he wants to run. He wants out of this. He is stressed to the point that, that, that the capillaries in his skin are breaking and he, his blood is sweating out of him. He is in agony. And yet, and yet, he looks at the Father and he says, I'll do it. I will do what's right. And we look at this story and we think to ourselves, it tells us, you know what? When I face the choice to do what is right or to do what is easy, I can. We we, we see this story and we think, I can make that choice too. I can make the choice to do what is right. We look at the temptations of Jesus. What's the point of the temptations of Jesus? To show us his weakness, but in his weakness is found his strength. And those stories are to show us that when we face the assault of the enemy, we too can withstand and overcome. No, we see ourselves in them. This is why why Jesus said this. Anyone, it's one of my favorite passages. Anyone who believes in me will do what I have been doing. In fact, He will do greater things than these. When we look at the story of Jesus, we are seeing ourselves in an amazing supernatural person. We are seeing what is possible. We are seeing what we can be. In Hebrews 2, 6 to 11, the writer here, he says this. He says, it's been testified somewhere. What is man that you are mindful of him or the son of man that you you care for him? You made him, that is Jesus, for a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet. But now putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside of his control. While at present, we do not yet see everything in subjection to him, but we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. For it was fitting that he for whom and by whom all things exist in bringing many sons to glory should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. For he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified All have one source, and that is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers. What is the Hebrew story here saying? He is saying that this supernatural, amazing being that became known as Jesus in the flesh, he came emptied of his power. What we saw was a man, and what he did, he did as a man by the power of the Spirit. And what we see him do, we can do. And what he did, we can do. He suffered all of the things that we suffer so that we could enjoy all of the blessings that are His. It's a cathartic experience. We join Him in His sufferings, and we're made better people because of it. Last thing. Last point. Why do we go and watch these superhero movies? Why do I do it? It's because we long for action and adventure. Right? People say they want peaceful lives, but nah, nobody wants a peaceful life. There's people that fill their lives with drama, and they're drama people, and they just, oh my goodness. It's like there's always something going on, and they just got to keep everything busy. We're just like that. We don't like boring. We don't like things to not have a purpose. We want to be advancing, moving, and doing. We want to be active. We want Adventure. That's just it. Listen, would you? I don't care. Okay, so superhero movie, right? That'd be people are going to him throwing money at him. Do you think anybody would throw money at this if they went to a movie and for two hours saw this? They saw Hulk in a field of daisies reading a letter. And that's it for two hours. That's all he did. There's a superhero movie. He's in a field of daisies. He's reading a letter for two hours. Anyone going to pay money to watch that? There probably is some weirdo. Most of us are not going to go see that. Why? Boring. That would be horrible. What a waste of two hours. No. When we go to the movies or read books or read comics, any of those things, we want action and conflict. We want resolution. We want to see good triumph over evil. We want to see stuff get wrecked. We want to see stuff blow up. We want to see stuff built back together. It was a desire, this this desire for adventure, surprise, is placed inside of you by God. It is supposed to drive us to him. It's what brought the disciples to Jesus. Look at Luke 10. Here's a story. Jesus has sent the 72 out and he's told them, go out. He said, don't take any money. Don't take anything. Just go. Just walk. Let's see what happens. And the 72, they returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over the power of the enemy. And nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you. But rejoice that your names are written in heaven. So he sends these guys out and they come back. Casting out demons and doing miracles. I mean, they're doing amazing. The things they saw Jesus doing, they are now doing. And they come back excited. Why? Because they were a part of it now. His mission was their mission. His ministry was their ministry. His power was their power. And they were going out and they were making a difference. I doubt any of them were ready to go home and watch some TV after that. They were ready to keep going. They were energized. We like action and adventure. We want to be a part of something amazing. We don't want to be a part of something boring. So I'm going to put all four of them back up here. These are the reasons. My reasons... A lot of people's reasons for going and watching all these superhero movies they just keep coming out one after another this is why we go we want to be amazed we're drawn to the supernatural we want to we want to see ourselves in these other characters and we long for action and adventure and that's why they will continue to make these movies and they follow the same formula over and over and over again and we will dump money into it because we are built with these desires inside of us and they are meeting those desires The problem, though, the problem. These things that are drawing people to the movies are the things in the New Testament that were drawing people to Jesus. And in Acts, we're drawing people to the church. At the foot of Jesus... Or in his church, you saw amazing things. In fact, Paul said an unbeliever will come will come from uh, among you and you will reveal the secrets of their hearts in the service. You will, you will open up their hearts and expose it and they will fall on their knees. And they will say, surely God is with you. People were going out and finding friends and family saying, you've got to come and see what is happening. It is amazing. These people love each other. They care for one another. We see, we see crazy stuff. A draw to the supernatural is what drew people to Christ and to his church. It was Jesus suffering. Suffering exposing and sharing his weaknesses with us and showing us how to overcome them that allowed us to believe that it was possible in us and people when they saw the apostles and the early Christians people who were pagans and who were haters and who were sexually immoral and who were greedy who were changed they look at them and they said these are just people like us maybe maybe there's hope for us too and they would come into the church and they would be changed and they came to the church because you know what it wasn't boring it was a place of excitement of action and adventure It wasn't a safe place to be. No, the sad thing is these very things that drew people to the church. People aren't drawn to the church. They're drawn to the movies because the movies give them these things. And we don't. We're supposed to, but we don't. And I'm not saying that as a condemnation of like this congregation or anything. It, it's more of an assessment of just Christianity in general. If you ask people, well, I'll, I'll ask you: how many, how many of you want to go and bring? I mean, want to go and get family and say, you know what? You need to come to church with me, man. You're going to see something you ain't never seen. Anyone? Is there anything amazing that, that you've just got to go tell someone about? Do you find yourself looking and saying, you know what? If you want, if you want, if you want to encounter God, you want an interaction with the divine, you go to Haverhill. That's where you go. And you're going to meet him. You're going to see him. He's going to show up. Is that what people say? Do they say, man, if you want to find a group of people... Who are willing to show you their weaknesses and show you how they overcome them, and they're willing to take your hand and walk with you through life? You got to go to Haverhill? Is that what they say? Is it a place of action and adventure? Or would people say, eh, it's church. It's boring. It's just boring. Sad thing is we're almost the the church is almost the opposite of these things the church everywhere we're not amazing we're not even average how often do you experience the supernatural Do you see your brothers and sisters here battling and overcoming together? I mean, is, is, that, is that there? I don't. Is there action and adventure, or, or do we do we come, we show up, and, and we sing a song, and then, and then we go home, and we come back next week, and we do it again? That's not. That's not what draws. That's not Jesus. The good news is. It doesn't have to be this way. So I've decided for myself, and if you want to join me on this journey, that's great. I can't mandate that. But I am determined to begin to do amazing things. Not because I can do them, but because God is in me, because the supernatural. I've been been bit by the Holy Spirit spider, whatever it is, radioactive spirit, I don't know. I've been bit, he's in me, and it is, it is time to let those powers go. It's time to do some cool stuff. I'm determined that I'm not only going to experience the supernatural, but I'm going to be the conduit through which the supernatural works and interacts with other people. I am determined that I'm going to live my life in such a way that nobody, nobody sees me as perfect, and you guys know, none of you do. I'm going to live my life honestly, openly, so that you see my struggles and you can see if, I mean, I'll overcome things with your help. I will help you. I'm going to be honest. And I've decided I'm going to make my face something that's an adventure, not something that's a formula or rote actions, repetitive motions. is what christ wants for you this is what christ wants for his church the reason i know that is because this is how he lived and it is how his church looked when he left so i invite you to join me as a hero this year Let's make our time together something worth seeing. Let's stand. We're going to sing our song of invitation. I'm going to invite you, if you have any need or anything we can do, come down, man. Share it with us. Let us pray with you. Something to rejoice with you, we'll rejoice with you who rejoice. If it's something to weep about, we'll weep with those who weep. Let's let's be real. Allow the supernatural to flow in this place, and let's invite him directly into our hearts, into our lives to change us.